Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Rico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller, and we, of course, are the hosts of the Women of Golf Show. Good morning, Cindy, and welcome back. Good morning, Ted. How are you? I'm not doing too bad. Uh, it's uh, been an interesting couple of weeks, and I'm going to explain a little bit here in just a moment, but let me remind everybody, of course, we are live every Tuesday morning uh, here on the blogtalkradio.com network uh, from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern. Uh, obviously, the best way to find us is go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash women of golf or just simply type women of golf uh, up in the search key and that will take you there. Uh, some other great ways uh, to tune into the show as well are at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and now talkstreamlive.com. You just visit any of those social media platforms and again, just type in women of golf and that will take you there. Uh, for some reason, if you can't join us during the live broadcast on Tuesday mornings, just visit any of those sites and scroll down to the on-demand section and you can listen to the uh, entire program in, uh, on the recorded versions. Uh, just again, visit the on-demand section. If you want to speak to either Cindy or I or, or any of our guests, you're welcome to call in during the live broadcast on Tuesday. The number to call is area code 347-945-5855. And, of course, you can always reach out to Cindy or I uh, through our emails. Uh, Cindy's is cindy at cindymillergolf.com, and mine is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. So, Cindy, it's been kind of a, a, a rough couple of weeks uh, for me. I know it's been pretty good for you, but... Um, just uh, very quickly, I just wanted to explain to the uh, listeners part of the reasons why we hadn't been on air for a couple of weeks. Uh, as you know, Cindy, and many of those that follow the program, uh, my older sister passed away two weeks ago uh, this past weekend, and uh, it was a little bit of, very unexpected. She had been battling cancer for uh, the last several years, and unfortunately, uh, it, uh, it overtook, and uh, she's no longer with us. So that was a little bit rough for me, and then, of course, uh, right following that, of course, was the uh, Hurricane Michael, which uh, fortunately I was not in the direct path, uh, but Panama City Beach was, and I was a little bit, uh, about 100 miles inland when it actually hit, so I was very, very fortunate. So uh, with some power outages and things like that, we just were not able to uh, come on air last week. So our apologies for not being here, but um, I hope you will uh, continue to pick up and, and join us here in the weeks to come. We've got a great show, Cindy, this morning. Uh, we've got, of course, with us joining first off is uh, Susie Whaley, and she's currently the PGA uh, Vice President of the PGA of America, as well as the Director of Instruction at Susie Whaley Golf in Cromwell, Connecticut. And she was the first woman ever elected to serve as an officer of the PGA of America. And as I mentioned, she's uh, currently the Vice President. Uh, before that, she was the PGA Secretary uh, for a couple of years, and then she became the Vice President. And now it looks like she's going to be the president of the PGA of America. So we want to uh, talk to her a little bit about that and some more. Uh, so, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest this morning, Susie Whaley. Good morning. Good morning, and my deepest condolences to you and your family. You know, I just hope one day we don't have to have this conversation around cancer, but I, I really, my heart goes out to you. Well, I appreciate that. It was very unexpected and very rough, but um, uh, what I can say is this very quickly, and then we'll, we'll move on with the show, is she did go very, very quickly when it happened, so I'm, I'm grateful uh, for that, that uh, she didn't have to, uh, to suffer any longer. So, uh, but I appreciate that, Susie. Thank you. Um, so on, on to golf. Uh, I think one of the questions, Susie, that, that we want to ask you first off um, is, you know, the golf industry is a very – uh, interesting business not everybody jumps into as a professional um, maybe you can explain a little bit why you became a golf professional what was the sort of the the turning point or what was the deciding factor to make you to become uh, a professional golfer 
for me, I, I played collegiate golf at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and really at the time uh, was not considering becoming a professional golfer. I was going to go to law school. And I graduated my senior year and uh, went back to Westchester, Pennsylvania, where my parents were residing. And I tried to qualify for the LPGA championship as an amateur, which I did. And I played well. Uh, I played well in another uh, event that summer that was an LPGA tour event as an amateur. And I was approached by a couple gentlemen who were willing to sponsor me to go to tour school. I hadn't considered it. I went home, sat my parents down and said, well, what do you think if I go to tour school instead of law school? And, um, you know, <laughs> thankfully I had these amazingly supportive parents. Uh, you know, my mom said, you know, you can always go to law school. Uh, if you feel like you want to give this a try, now's the time. And honestly, that's right. how my professional golf career started. I, I turned professional. I went off to tour school and um, ended up making it to Sweetwater, Texas, which is where the finals were at the time. And, uh, not an exempt card, but at the time uh, the, the tour was very domestic. We had 36 events that year. I got in, you know, multiple events. And, you know, I think I played in 22 or 23 events as a non-exempt player, and um, that was the beginning for me. Wow, very interesting. And you also, I, I know very briefly, um, you might want to mention you were telling us off air that you have a daughter that was uh, that plays golf as well, correct? I do. I, both of our daughters played collegiate golf. Our older okay. daughter's already graduated, and she's out in the workforce playing tons of corporate golf and loving it, <laughs> winning the long drive <laughs> contest and getting the swag. And uh, my younger daughter uh, is a senior at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, which I couldn't be more proud of her. She, uh, she plays on their team, and uh, we were just there uh, last weekend as a family watching her play in, in uh, the Ruth Chris Hill Invitational, which uh, is her last home senior event as a collegiate player. So we couldn't miss that, and uh, we just love uh, love being there for her and, and, and watching her compete. Yeah, Susan, uh, very interesting. To... Any... Go ahead, Cindy. Does she have any aspirations of playing on the LPGA Tour, or is she going to go into the workforce? No, Kelly does. Kelly will most likely uh, stay amateur through the summer. She's got her eyes set on trying to qualify for the Augusta event and uh, wants to still play in the U.S. amateur and, and, and try to uh, be successfully successful there. Um, I think she'll even end up going to tour school as an amateur. And then ultimately, if she uh, makes it uh, down the road in tour school, uh, she'll, she'll have to turn professional at some point. But you know, Kelly, Kelly loves playing amateur golf as well, and, and we're excited to support her in that endeavor over the summer. And, and through the course of, of the summer, she'll make her decisions of, of what's next for her. She also wants to be a PA. So, <laughs> well, but I think, you know, Kelly's first goal is, is to try to get on tour, yes. Now, is she graduating sure. in December? No, she's graduating on time in May, as far as uh, we can tell so far. You know, you know, um, how difficult it is to be a collegiate golfer, male or female, and and try to uh, maintain missing a lot of school and, and, and keeping your practice and your game to the highest level in Division One golf, and then obviously keeping up with your studies. So um, we're proud of her. We, you know, if, if she gets through in May, that would be fantastic, it, um, and that's what we're expecting at this point. Awesome. Very, very good. Now, Susie, I know that you're obviously um, – one of the many LPGA teaching and club professionals out there. Uh, and you, as you mentioned, you, you played on tour. Um, but when and why did you become a PJ of America member? <laughs> okay. So this is kind of a funny story. <laughs> well, I think it's funny. Um, so I joined the LPGA teaching division first uh, after mm-hmm. I had our first daughter, Jennifer, um, because at the time, I wasn't working a 40-hour work week. I, and as a matter of fact, I had two daughters at the time. Or No, I was pregnant with Kelly. I apologize. But I was only working probably 25 hours a week. I was working um, at the Jim Foot Golf Schools at the time. And uh, the PGA of America didn't allow you to uh, begin going through the membership process unless you were working a 40-hour work week. So I was ineligible to be a PGA of America member at the time. And so I joined the LPGA first, uh, the teaching division. I ended up um, getting my Class A status through the LPGA. And then by the time I had finished that, the PGA of America had changed that regulation, and um, which was great because I was complaining to my husband, who's a PGA professional as well, that he had so many more tournaments to play in than I did. 
as an LPGA member. Mm. And uh, he said, well, stop complaining and just join. And that's exactly how the conversation went. So I did. <laughs> and we, we find it funny now because I joined the PGA of America really to play against him <laughs> and compete against him and try to beat him, which, which we think is pretty amusing today um, because of everything that's, that I've, uh, you know, been afforded opportunities through the PGA of America. I mean, what a fantastic choice I made. And, um, and I, and I love the fact that I'm an LPGA member too. So it's uh it's something that I cherish, both memberships. Well, it's a win. It's a win-win for everybody, not only in your family, but for for the rest of us out here um, that get the benefit of all of your experience in that. Um, Cindy, go ahead. We would like to discuss the fact that you were the first woman to ever qualify for a PGA Tour event. Can you tell our listeners how that happened? Sure. So, uh, you know, believe it or not, Babe Zaharias actually qualified for an event before me. So I was the first in 58 years uh, to qualify after Babe had. But um, for me, it was not something I intended to do. I, as I said, joined the PGA of America, loved competition, still love to compete, and uh, was playing in what we call, we have 41 sections across the country of PGA professionals, 29,000 members, all Um, live and reside in those sections and amongst those sections we have the opportunity to play in tournaments and our big tournament the kind of the season ending finale is called our section championship and I won the section championship and in that regard uh, the section champion at the time received an exemption to play in the Greater Hartford Open which is held um, at TPC River Highlands in Cromwell Connecticut where um, you know ironically my husband was the general manager and so uh, I played in this event. I, I won. I, my mom was my caddy. Uh, it was a 54-hole event. We were super excited that I had this great check and a nice, pretty trophy. And um, we really thought that would be the end of it because I never imagined that they would allow me to play in the PGA Tour event, even though I had won. And after I signed my scorecard, it seemed like just a couple minutes and you have to remember at the time, we didn't have cell phones, right? So somebody had pulled this long right. cord out from the golf shop and said, you have a phone call you need to take. And I actually thought it was my husband because he was going to come out and watch the last couple holes, a chance to get there. So I thought it would be Bill on the line. And so I said, hey, you know, I, I won. And uh, the gentleman's name was Bob Combs from the PGA Tour asking me if I was going to take the exemption. And I wow. said, I'm sorry, um, can I think about it? <laughs> something ridiculously huh. dumb like that, right? And he paused and said, okay. <laughs> and honestly, that was the end of the conversation. I hung up the phone, and I've told this story multiple times, but my mom and I had passed a brand-new TJ Maxx on the way there, so we wanted to stop and swing by and do a little shopping. I had kindergarten orientation that night for my daughter, uh, so we did a little shopping. I told my mom I had to get home. I didn't want to be late for kindergarten orientation. Uh, I went to kindergarten orientation, I uh, got back home and uh, met up with my husband at the house. We had a glass of wine, celebrated, and that was it. You know, we're good for us, right? Uh, what a great tournament. And the next morning, uh, you know, the world just, you know, turned upside down for me. I had I took over probably 350 calls that day, and my husband took over 300 calls from around the world uh, wanting to know if I was going to play. And uh, But that's, wow. how I, that's how I ended up qualifying. And, and when I qualified was in 2002, um, what some people don't realize is I had to wait nine months. So it was a very long nine months <laughs> thinking, about, <Yeah. laughs> of thinking about the actual tournament. It wasn't like I could see it up the very next week. And uh, I did it only because of the support of family and friends. We had two young children. Uh, my children, when I ended up playing, were nine and six. I, I had a full-time head golf professional job. My husband was working full-time as a general manager. Um, and I was um, trying to compete against the best male athletes in the world. So it was it was a huge challenge and one that I'm so thrilled that I took on and and, and did. You know, so let me, uh, let me uh, yeah, go ahead, Cindy. Hang on, Ted. Go ahead. So twice now you've said this not, is not what I had planned, and right. I believe that you have been chosen, if you will, um, and tapped to say, here you go, this is what your calling is. And you have risen to the occasion and accepted the challenge 
each time. Do you teach your daughters the same thing? Wow, first of all, that's humbling, and and thank you. Um, You know, for me and for our family and and for my family growing up, we – we didn't have obstacles set in front of us. We just had um, perseverance and grit and determination. And if we wanted something, my parents, it wasn't just given to you. You earned it. Um, and sometimes you get it even when you worked really hard for it. And I think it was a lesson that was critical for me because when I played on tour, I was unsuccessful. Um, it was devastating to me not to be incredibly successful on tour. I lost my card. I I made three cuts that first year. Um, And honestly, the best thing that could ever happen to me was that I lost my card. Um, So I think in our house, to answer your question, in our family, I want my girls to be brave. I want them to be courageous. But I want them to realize they they need to surround themselves with people who support them. Um, I always want Mm -hmm. them to make great choices. But I don't want them to fear a mistake. I don't want them to fear failure. Um, And I want them to realize that we're here to support them either way. And I think that that bodes well for for anyone because anybody I've ever spoken to that, that has had something successful happen to them can tell you a hundred stories of the times they didn't. <laughs> you know? So we right. need to sort of cherish the things they accomplish and to celebrate them and uh, to realize that, you know, that's fantastic. And then um, to, to what's, what's, what's next? Um, you know, what's, how can you help people? How can you empower others to succeed? And I, I just find in my life, I, I, I continue to receive things, um, not because I, I look for them, but I feel like the more you live your life in kindness and, and, and help other people and, and give back, it seems the more you receive. So for us, at least at the Whaley household, we're, we're incredibly blessed. What a great, uh, great philosophy to live by. Um, wouldn't you agree, Cindy? Totally agree. I, but I have to mention one thing, and I don't want to make you sad, but you really had the coolest mom in the world. I was um, fortunate enough to be paired with you multiple times when your mom caddied for you, and she was one of my favorite people of all time. I absolutely loved your mother. Yeah, me too. She, mm. uh, she's a gift for sure. and uh, Yeah, it does make me sad, but it makes me so happy because uh, she made so many people happy. She really did. Mm. Very good. Um, now, Susie, I wanted to just very quickly go back, uh, and I wanted to ask you something with respect to the the PGA event that you you entered into. I remember uh, some years later when Annika Sorenstam had that opportunity, and I recall an interview I believe on the Golf Channel uh, after the event. She talked about how. Uh, obviously, she was nervous because that was, um, you know, a big deal for her, and and much like you, got a lot of uh, media attention about that. Was it difficult for you to stay focused during that tournament on the task at hand, with all that, you know, pressure of being, um, you know, basically only female out, uh, you know, competing in a male event? You know, for me, I had. Since I had that nine months to prepare, um, I knew that was going to be an enormous challenge. And Dr. Richard Koop, who I had worked with through college, uh, was a sports psychologist at the University of North Carolina and uh, specific ex-golf thereafter. And uh, worked with Payne Stewart uh, and multiple other touring professionals, Corey Pavin, um, took on the challenge with me. And, you know, we spent a lot of time together in those nine months talking about what those obstacles would be, what those challenges would be, what, what perhaps might come up that's unexpected and how I would handle it. And, and I can tell you, because of him, um, I was able to perform at a level, not my score. I shot 75 the first day. That's certainly not my best score in competition. But I can say today it was the best round of golf I've ever played in my entire life. And I started out with a double bogey. Um, and ended up shooting not. So, you know, I, I give a ton of credit to him, uh, to the work that we put in, and to, again, the, the, the team that I had surrounding me because I had friends who took on responsibilities at home for me. I had uh, a, a physical uh, trainer who got me up every day for three hours and, and, and made me work out with her. And, uh, so it was, this wasn't done by myself, and uh, it was done with a whole group of people. But I can tell you, the, the, when you get on that first tee box and there's 40,000 people 
there staring at you and there's television cameras from all over the world and you visualize that before you get there and you know that's going to be the case but when you get there uh, it's so much more exciting and there's so much more energy in the air and it's so much bigger than you could ever imagine in your mind um, that you just have to trust in your preparation and and that's what I did uh the, the my only my only failing was I didn't do enough pre-preparation about what would happen when I got to the green <laughs> So I had hit this tee shot that wasn't great, but it, it went out there center fairway, which was fantastic. I, I hit a next shot, which kind of came up a little short of the green, but I had expected that because I didn't think I could get there in two anyway. I hit a great chip to four feet, and I promptly three-putted from four feet because I was so nervous mm. when I stepped on the green because I hadn't thought about the putt um, that I couldn't breathe. My fingertips went white. I saw every camera. I saw every face. Uh, I saw everything, and I looked at my caddy, Bucky McGann, Michelle's dad, and said, I'm, I think I'm all done, I'm not going to putt. <laughs> he said, oh, you are, it's your turn. <laughs> and I said, oh, my gosh, and I went over there, and I hit it, you know, six feet by, and the entire crowd gave out that gasp of, oh, you know, and you could hear it. And, uh, and, and I walked back over to Bucky. He said, what are you doing? It's still your turn. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I walked back over, and I missed that. <laughs> And I had probably a, a four-inch putt left uh, for double. And I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't know if I was going to make that. And when it went in, yeah. I, I don't think I've ever been happier in my life. It was like I'd won the lottery or the $1.6 billion tonight because I was all <laughs> smiles. And they asked me inside later in the press tent, why in the world did you look like Cinderella at the ball after making double bogey on the first hole? And I said, Literally, because I thought I was going to make a 10. (laughs) Six was fantastic. (laughs) And uh, looking back at it, probably the best thing that could have happened that day because it made me relax. It made me realize Mm -hmm. that we were okay. Dr. Coop had said to me, Susie, you're going to give yourself three mistakes today. I don't care what it is or when it happens, but you're allowed three. And I knew then I had made two. And I still had one left. And for some reason, that gave me a great sense of calmness. And I ended up moving on to play really the best round of golf I've ever played. Wow, what a great that story. That is so cool. Yeah. Um, Cindy, go ahead. Okay, so now we got to talk about the next huge mountain that you've climbed. And you're going to become, uh, again, you said you have to be elected, which I am sure you will be. The first ever woman woman president of the PGA of America. What big thing are you going to change or make a difference? You know, for us, it's a it's a long commitment when you first uh, start in the governance process. So I started in my section on a committee level, and then I joined another committee and another committee, and then I joined our board of directors locally. Um, and then I earned a place on our national board of directors through an election. Um, and that, that also is a three-year term with one year of incoming. So it's four years for that. When you come in as secretary or elected as secretary, it's a two-year term. And then vice president is a two-year term. And then president's a two-year term. And I do have a point here. So, you know, and I mean this sincerely, it's never about what I'm going to change. It's about what we're going to change. We're a large board of 21 We have representation from all over the country uh, that speaks uh, to the needs uh, and resources and tools that are desired in each of those particular districts and sections. We have other officers, and we have local governance that is is really, they're the ones who are implementing on the ground, face-to-face with our consumers and our customers. And so for us, what's really important at the national level is that we find the best way to provide those resources and tools to our members, not only to make their lives better, but to make their jobs easier and make their value at every single property higher. We want employers to know that if you are a golf facility, you should have a PGA professional on site. We want people to know that PGA professionals have the ability and the schooling and the acumen to manage and help them love golf. Um, we want to get more clubs in hands of, of everyone. We want golf to be inclusive. We want golf to look more like the communities we serve. We want more women playing the game. So for us and for me, it's keenly important that we remember why we're an association. We're our association first and foremost for our members. We're an association that runs incredible championships and will continue to do so and make that a priority because that helps us do all we need to do for the members. 
So we have a lot on our plate. We have challenges to overcome and face, um, but we're doing great work, and we're excited to be doing it alongside of the LPGA and the USGA and the First Tee and the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour um, because together um, we all have one goal, and that's to leave the game better than we found it. And so for me, that's how I hope I, I leave office is that the game's better than I found it. Awesome. Well, we Ted? certainly, yeah, we, yeah, we know that you will, and we have no doubt about that. Um, and I think, Susie, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one of the things that I'm really, really excited about, I mean, you know, C and I are all about, of course, growing the game as a general rule, but particularly in the women's market, and that's one of the reasons we do this show. Do you think once you sort of officially take that position? that that will really sort of spurn um, even more growth, not so much just on the, on the tournament side of, of golf, but uh, as you said, in the general public, as they see now a woman at the head of, you know, the largest uh, golf organization in the world. Do you see that as, as really being a catalyst to, to women out there saying, you know what, we can do it too. Yeah, I always think when you could see somebody in a role, um, you could see yourself in the role. And there's no mm-hmm. doubt that I sure hope uh, that I have an opportunity to influence and inspire uh, those that are going to come behind me, just like people in front of me inspired me, the Renee Powells, the Cindy Millers, people, people doing great work uh, to grow the game, especially amongst women. I'm certainly a huge advocate of. I'm on the Annika Foundation Board, and, and that is part of her mission and her goal. And I find myself in these seats that gives us a voice, that gives us a seat at the table to remind everyone that golf is a game for them uh, if they so choose to be a part of it and to come, come seek us out because we can't wait to have them be a part of it. So for us, um, you know, we're excited about the numbers that we're seeing. Uh, and it's not just due to the PGA of America's efforts. It's also due to the LPGA's efforts. You know, girls' right. golf is up 34% over the course of the last six years. How fantastic in, in the junior space. Uh, 2.1 million women last year tried the game for the first time. That's fantastic. And that was at a golf course. Um, so for us, you know, we're making strides, uh, but not, not enough. Uh, we need for sure to do more. We need to make sure the value exchange that women are seeing at our facilities is one they want to dive in and be a part of. Um, we have to make sure it's an experience for them and that it's not necessarily just competitive. Some women love competition like me, like Cindy, um, and some women just want to enjoy it with their families or do it for work or do it for health reasons. Um, but we can show them how to, to make that happen in a way that's manageable for them in a way that won't take too much time for them, um, and in a way that they can enjoy. And when we can get that message across in, in, in that respect um, and really deliver on that message, uh, families, in my opinion, will find golf has so much to offer uh, their entire family. You know, the, the life skills golf teaches that we all talk about a lot are, are real and impactful to young children. Um, We're not going to get rid of cell phones. We're not going to get rid of technology. Let's embrace it. And let's showcase the fact that golf can be a part of that world as well. Um, Not only for their children, but uh, but for them and and for their workplaces. So, you know, we have work to do, but we're on it. And uh, we want anybody that's listening to your program to realize there are facilities out there that can't wait uh, to help you in your journey for the game for the rest of your life. Yeah. Well said. Um, Susie, let me ask you just, uh, I have a final and, and Cindy, if you have any, uh, other questions as well, but is there something else that, um, once you've sort of filled your, your tenure as president, um, that you have your sights on what, what comes next or is there anything next? You know, it's funny when you made my introduction because I forgot to tell you just because I don't have enough on my plate. I took another job. <laughs> Um, uh, Also, I took a a director of instruction job in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida for the winter months at a place called the Country Club at Mirasol. And uh, I got to be honest, I'm loving it. Uh, Built out a junior academy there for them. We've built all sorts of coaching programs for them and, and for their members. And uh, I I can tell you that it's just brought me great joy to uh, be back in front of youth and and adults uh, back on the lesson tee. So, you know, when you ask what comes next or what comes after, you know, that's 
that's to be seen. But for me, coaching will always be a part of my life. I love it. It gives me great joy. And uh, I, I always believe that there, I'll probably be that golf professional, or let's hope so anyway, and my health stays great. But when I'm 90, that's walking the range, and the assistants are wishing I would go home. That will be me saying, you're not holding it right. Let me help you with that, right? So, um, I, you know, my husband and I laugh about it, but it's probably pretty true. Uh, no matter what we, we come across next, no matter what we tackle or take, on um there'll always be a place in my heart for coaching so uh, whether it's just on the weekends or in the evenings or whenever it might be you'll probably find me on a range somewhere be fantastic well, we would love to see. i'll be i'll be there with you so all i can say is god bless you my friend uh, we are all pulling for you i know that you're going to do a marvelous job thank you so much for joining us we know how busy you are and uh Go Susie, go PGA of America. I am sending in my membership. I cannot wait to see that paperwork. I thank you both very much. <laughs> and again, my heart goes out to you and your family and all those that are struggling in Panama Thanks. City. And um, just know that we're thinking about you. And uh, I hope you get out to play some golf. Maybe that will give you some pleasure for the time being anyway. Perfect. Thank you, Susie. And congratulations again. And we'll hope you come back and join us again real soon. You bet. I sure will. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. All right, that was Susie Whaley, uh, soon-to-be president of the PGA of America, currently the PGA vice president. Um, wow, some great uh, great stories that she shared with us this morning. And uh, we're very excited to always welcome her to the show. Um, and we've got another uh, young lady that's going to be joining us here this morning who, believe it or not, Sunny, uh, as I mentioned to you recently, was our very first guest on the Women of Golf Show. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, and then we'll bring her uh, on to join us here for uh, some interesting discussion as well. Of course, I'm talking about uh, Catherine Ann Whitworth, who was born September 27, 1939. Uh, she's a legendary golfer and member of the World Golf Hall of Fame, and uh, she became the first woman to reach a career earnings of $1 million on the P- on the LPJ Tour as I mentioned, uh, in 1981. Uh, so quite a, an accomplishment. She's won 88-plus uh, tournaments more than any other uh, individual on either the LPJ or PGA Tour, so she's definitely a legend of the game, and we're very excited to have her come back and join us again. So, uh, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest, the second half of the show, Kathy Whitworth. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> I was doing just fine until you mentioned when I was born. <laughs> How are you guys doing? We're very we're doing fantastic. Well. Great. We're doing we're doing fantastic. Um, Kathy, um, let me just say very quickly again, um, we're very honored to have you come on the program. And as uh, I'm sure you heard, and and maybe weren't aware of this at the time. But you were actually uh, almost six years ago now were our very first guest that we had on the Women of Golf Show. So we're very excited to have you back. Um, and we were very honored, of course, to have you on then. So um, thank you for, for joining us then and thank you for joining us now. Well, thank you for asking. I'm, uh, I, I was not aware it had been that long ago, but uh, it's always fun to be first. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, I, I'm glad uh, things are going well for you guys. And and um, I got the last part of uh, Susie's uh, comments, and sounds she sounds great. Yeah, she does. We're we're great. very <clears throat> we're very excited. Cindy, you go ahead and and uh, start things off. Well. Believe it or not, you know when people say, who's your favorite foursome? Who do you want to play golf with? My my favorite foursome is, is includes Kathy Whitworth. And so I just want you to know that you are one of my heroes. And I don't believe that most people realize the wisdom. Here, now that I'm old, I guess I, what I want to say is some people that are young don't appreciate old. And they don't understand that old has wisdom. And I got to play <laughs> at French Lick uh, a week and a half ago. And as I stood on the range two or three years ago, I was fortunate enough 
to ask Kathy to help me, and she was kind enough to oblige. And and out of the mouths of wise people come simple solutions. And she just looked at me and she goes, Cindy, yeah, what? Why don't you be a little more deliberate? I go, deliberate? Deliberate. I never even thought of deliberate and because I'm always speeding and I swing like a wild maniac and I'm trying too hard. And I have never, ever forgotten that. So I want to thank you because the best lesson I ever got was be more deliberate, you idiot. Even though she didn't say that. that that's kind of what she was implying. Uh, <laughs> she was sitting there watching this crazed lunatic swinging like a maniac. And she just looked and she goes, why don't you be more deliberate? So I want to thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it, it, it works. You never know when you say something to somebody, you're always a little bit reluctant because you think, oh, man, they fail or do it or don't take it the right way or, you know, then you just really screw them up. And so, um, but, you know, anytime you can help somebody, as you know, it's always great fun. And, and uh, uh, was, I appreciate your asking me. <laughs> Well, I think more young people need to take heed of the people that have experience. We won't say old people, but people that have experience because, again, I don't think they understand, you know, you've got 88 tour wins. You've been there. You've done that. And and so mm-hmm. I just I'm so grateful that you're willing to share your wisdom. Well, for whatever it is, it's, uh, uh, you know, I, as well, I think I mentioned this to you, uh, and you're trying to get you, your book, uh, that it's, uh, you know, if you can help somebody along the way, it's always great fun and, and um, uh, gives you a lot of pleasure and, and um, enjoyment. And, but again, you just, or whatever you say, you, uh, and I, uh, you talk about wisdom. I'm, uh, I, I know I went to Mickey and uh, Betsy Rawls. I learned a lot from them and, because, uh, like you say, they've been there, done that, and, and uh, uh, so it was always uh, interesting to hear their take on things. And and you could, you know, uh, use that in, you know, if you felt like it would, would work, or you might try it, and maybe it won't. And so you, you know, but uh, and I, of course, had one of the best teachers in the world with uh, Harvey Pinnock, and and. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, he was just so, uh, and, and he wasn't for everybody, and he he made that comment. He says, I'm not for everybody, but uh, he was certainly right for me. And But uh, the things he told me, and, and for some of them I didn't really understand until maybe a year later. But, you know, you say, oh, he says, do this, and so you do it. But you're not sure why. And, uh, and then you figure it out, and you say, oh, this is why he wanted me to do it this way. And so you, uh, uh, it's just, I just had some uh, uh, great things from Harvey, and and uh, it worked for me. And and uh, but it, but I have to say, I I really enjoyed my career. I really enjoyed playing. I really enjoyed uh, competing. And uh, I didn't know that at the time when I first started that it, that it was going to be that way. But uh, I was just having a great time trying. And uh, as it turned out, it. I tried pretty good, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> but anyway, it's just you know I, I reflect back on my career a lot. Uh, we have a junior tournament here in Fort Worth, and we, and these young players, and and we have a little dinner for them, and they always have some questions for me and so forth. But it's just um, so you're always cognizant of what. Uh, you know, you try to think about, well, gosh, when I was their age, but Lordy, they're so so good at such a young age now. Uh, it's a, it's just amazing. Yeah, it is incredible. Um, Kathy, let me ask you something. You you mentioned when you first came on air um, in response to what I had said that it's it's good to be uh, first, and of course, you were first 88 times on the LPGA Tour uh, with with wins. Um, what was your style of play? What, 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 how, how would you categorize or classify your uh, your style of play when you're out there? Well, you know, I never thought about it. Um, and, uh, actually, um, 
Mickey made this comment, and I guess thinking thinking about it because I wasn't my swing wasn't the best in the world, and and uh, uh, but it worked for me. I knew I knew uh, what I what I was capable of, and uh, uh, I think that's probably one thing you maybe have to come to grips with. But um, and she says, you know, uh, and she she made this comment, and uh, she thought I was the best. Um, uh, well. I could play the golf course. I, I could, uh, uh, could uh, adjust and and, uh, and score and and uh, uh, I can't think of the word she used now. But um, anyway, course management. Like I thought about course it. Course management. Uh, huh? Yeah, course, course management. management. Thank you. Yeah, course management and and, and management of my own game. Uh, and uh, like I said, what I was capable of. And, but I also think and. Um, uh, people don't realize that, and I didn't at, at the time either. But uh, we did a lot of exhibition work for Wilson, and uh, Patty taught me a lot because we had to go through her her uh, school uh, clinic school when we signed with Wilson, and, and we learned to do all these different shots. And she made me a, a really a great. Uh, I, I feel like I was one great in many areas, or maybe average, but I was a really good sand player, <laughs> and I. And I had learned that from Patty. So sand traps never did bother me, and I've always felt pretty confident about it. But but we did all these exhibitions, and uh, uh, we had to demonstrate these different shots. We had to talk about it uh, and then execute it. And so it got to be a a, a routine kind of thing, and, and, uh, uh, and you had to do it in front of people, so you had to... Uh, you know, you weren't afraid to do it. And so when I went back out, we went back on tour, when we went back and played tournaments, it, I think it just evolved to that. But there were, but I could play a lot of shots, and I wasn't afraid to play them because I knew I could execute it. And uh, so there really wasn't too many, even when I got in trouble, and I didn't think I got in a, that much trouble. <laughs> I was voted best trouble player twice. And I thought, well, okay. <laughs> and so, uh, but if, you know, I could I could get out of uh, any uh, situations because of that. And it wasn't but that I was any better, or you know, other players couldn't do that. It's just that I think they were afraid to do it. They just didn't know, or uh, that it wouldn't work, or I don't know exactly what the term would be, but. Uh, and it's only, it, I don't, it wasn't a revelation, but it was later on that you're thinking about it and you think, well, you know, I could play a lot of different shots and, and, uh, knew how to play them and I wasn't afraid to use them. And so consequently it, it, uh, uh, I think that was one, one thing that, uh, maybe helped me, uh, win tournaments. Uh, but I also, I never took winning for granted and, uh, I did that one time, and and uh, it was a eye opener. And I and that I got good advice from a great friend, and and he uh, he got my head on right. And so I just never, because I'd been playing pretty well, but I wasn't hadn't won anything for a while, and I was kind of oh, uh, I was just sort of you know poor me attitude, and and uh, he said, well. <laughs> Sounds to me like you may have the big head, and so I thought, oh man, and I didn't think that would ever happen, but it did. Uh, and I thought, you know, I thought I was better than I was, and I really wasn't that good. And so I, uh, I it just never took, you know, like I said, I, from then on, every week was a new week, every tournament was a new tournament, and. If I won last week, didn't mean I was going to win next week. Or if I played well, I wasn't going to, you know, it was just a process. So, I, you know, it was always, um, but winning was the ultimate goal. Um, and why would you want to go out and not, you know, what would be your motivation? And that was my motivation. Right. Um, so right. I, I, uh, I think of, you know, players today, I, why would you go out there if you weren't trying to win? Not that you will, but. Uh, but trying is to, and I found that out later too, is that the trying was the, the fun part. And uh, of course, when you did did cross the finish line and and everything, that was gratifying for sure. But 
yet another tournament. And so that's why, you, you know, every week was a new deal, a new week, a new tournament. And we played a lot of tournaments when I was, uh, those young years that we had uh, so few people that we, uh, uh, you know, everybody played. And so uh, when you talk about breaking the record or, or you know, I, they, and I, you know, Tiger's getting close and that'd be fine with me. But I just think, you know, I, we played a lot of tournaments, and when, to win that many tournaments, you have to play a lot. And, uh, right, and I did. Right. And so, uh, yeah, and, the, and the, today it's not that the girls aren't, uh, our players aren't, or anybody's not good enough. It's just that they were not going to play that many events. And so, uh, and you know, I'm going to, I didn't know this, but Ron Sarek did an article on me a few years ago. And um, and I asked him later, I said, why in the world did you do this? But he said, uh, but I was reading the article, and uh, uh, he sent it to me, and, and, you know, they did a nice job and very complimentary and all that stuff. But uh, but come to find out, I finished second 95 times. And I just... Wow. Uh, I, I know. I just... Uh, that just... Uh, <laughs> Blew my mind too. I thought because I, you know, nobody counts seconds, and, and I never did think about it. And but uh, I said, well, why did you, you know, what made you decide to count these up? And he said, well, I just got to thinking. He when he was looking at my record. He he kept seeing that I would finish second uh, a lot, and and so he went back and counted it up. And I was just so surprised. But that's but that's the thing about trying. You know, you put yourself in position, and I wasn't afraid to put myself in position. And and uh, uh, if I could, you know, make it to the last hole and win the tournament, that was great. But if I didn't, well, okay, I'll try again. So second just never was a. Uh, but I but I, I I guess what I'm saying is I was sometimes I didn't win. Somebody else lost because I was always. It seemed like uh, from the record book, I was always hanging around, and uh, <laughs> so. That's, that's a, Kathy, well, Kathy, that's a good place. That's a good place to be, Kathy, hanging around. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, I'm just saying, I. Uh, but it was, but that was the fun part was the trying and and uh, testing yourself. I mean, it, it wasn't against anybody. You and, and I guess I think I heard this from uh, Jack. Someone asked him who is you know best competitor or whoever was the best he played against. And he said, "Well, well my, my biggest competitor was myself." Yeah. And I think that was very true because you're you're not playing against anyone, and uh, you're playing against yourself and and how you do and how you play and you know. Uh, so there, I think that was a, a very astute uh, answer, and I, I, I kind of feel the same way because it wasn't anything. Uh, it was just, and I was just grateful I had this opportunity to play. And uh, so I'm always grateful to the LPGA and the founders and uh, starting this organization, and and it's 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 great to watch uh, how it's grown. And of course the the gosh the players all around the world. I mean, how fun is that? And uh, so it's, uh, uh, and they're all such good players and it's fun to watch them play and, and uh, their shots and how they manage. And uh, so it's, 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 uh, it's very exciting to me. Yeah, uh, you're right. It certainly has grown uh, exponentially over the years. Thanks to great players like yourself, Kathy. Cindy, do you have a question that you want to uh, ask Kathy? I don't go for it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, then, then let me <laughs> then let me throw uh, one or two. In I do here. a lot of talking, um, so yeah. No, that, that's okay. Uh, we're listen. We're we're grateful for that. You, you've got lots of, as Cindy put uh, very eloquently, lots of great wisdom to share with our listeners. So we're we're more than lap, uh, happy to let you have the floor. Uh, let me ask you a, a, maybe a question. I don't know if anybody's ever asked you this before. I'm sure they have. But uh, if you didn't play golf as a professional, if let's say golf was not in the mix, what other career mm-hmm. would you have liked to have done? What what else would you have liked to have done besides golf if you didn't play? Yeah. <laughs> well, I've been asked that question a lot. And I, I've thought about it, and I really don't know. 
I honestly do not know what I would have done. I was, you know, and I, I, I knew right away when I first started playing golf that this was my passion. As everybody says, you find your passion. And I found mine. And uh, uh, I was, you know, just by accident, basically. And so, um, but it just, and so that, I was just, that's all I wanted to do was play golf. So and people helped me along the way and and uh, that's how I got to Harvey and and it's all kind of history now. But um, right. And when I uh, yeah and I you know I have no idea what I would have done. Um, I really I've I I've thought about it. But well, what would I have done? But I was so consumed uh, by golf that it just never crossed my mind and I never never uh, got that far. You know. And then when yeah. I turned pro well, at nineteen. So that was it. Well, Kathy, you know, you, you raised a very interesting point, or you made a very interesting comment, rather, and you said that you were very passionate about golf, and and that was something that you were passionate about doing. And I think that's so important in in, in any uh, given point in your, your life or your career, that when you have a love for something as much as obviously you did in golf, um, mm-hmm. then that's what you should do. Whether whether you're the number one player, yeah. or the number one hundred hundred and fiftieth player, if that's something that you really enjoy doing and you're passionate about, um, why would you want to do something else that you don't enjoy doing and make a career of that? So I agree. I think that's a, some great advice. Um, let me ask a follow up question, something similar, and I'm sure you've been asked this one as as well. Um, what did golf teach you? Um, you know, whether it be on the course or just in the game in general that you now apply in your, your everyday life? Is there anything that, that golf has taught you that you apply in your everyday life? Hmm. Well, I don't know. That, uh, that's an interesting question, too. I don't know if I've ever had it put quite like that. But, um, you know, I, um, I, uh, I'm, I'm not sure golf, but the experience of playing uh, all over the world and playing uh, and you you appreciate maybe uh, the things, but I, I really don't know um, that it, uh, uh, it, but golf is, I'll, I'll put it this way. Golf has provided me opportunities to uh, expand out to other things, um, mm-hmm. which has allowed me to learn or, or you know, uh, uh, enjoy. And, and also it's like, well, there are a lot of like the junior tournament and and um, and I did a lot of uh, charity uh, outings and things of that sort and so um, but um, I don't know asking somebody else if I I learned anything <laughs> they might have a better take on my <laughs> on my personality or what I've done than I do but I I uh, it's just a hard question I don't really know that uh, I mean it. I sure taught me a lot about me, and taught me a right. lot about uh, you know how to play and and uh, appreciate things. But uh, um, I don't know, you know, I don't, I really don't know that it uh, enhanced anything else I've done. I guess it has, but um, you know, you just like they say, you want to pass it along if you can, and and uh, I tried, mm-hmm. but I, it's also very very. Uh, Oh, you got to be really careful. <laughs> um, well, I will say this. I, you know, I thought I was going to, when I qu- quit the tour, uh, uh, I did, you know, you got to close that door. And that's one thing I learned. Uh, yeah. And I knew once I, once I, I didn't want to look back because I'd ask other people about it. And I said, you know, well, they sometimes wish they hadn't quit as early as they did, but, I wanted to be sure. So when I closed that door and I did close it, I never looked back. And so that opened up a lot of other opportunities for me mm. because uh, then people would say, well, you know, that now that the tour was no longer my focus, uh, they could use me for other things or ask me to do other things, which I did. And I was fortunate uh, that mm-hmm. they asked. <laughs> so I, it kept me involved in the game or in the, uh, the golf world, you might say, golf community. And, Maybe not as a player, but as a former player. And and, uh, and but anyway, I I was just going to tell this funny story. I thought it was funny to me anyway. I thought, well, I'll do some teaching maybe at uh, this club here, Trophy Club, and and 
and Harvey was still uh, with us, and so he told Helen, his wife, he said, you call her up and tell her to get down here. There's things she needs to know. <laughs> and I just had to laugh. Because <laughs> I thought, oh, my God. So I went down to see him, and, uh, and so he was telling me some things. And I said, well, gosh, Harvey, you never told me this before. He said, well, but as a player, you didn't need to know that. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty, uh, yeah, well, and it, that was so interesting to me because uh, uh, probably as a player, I really didn't need to know that. But as a teacher, I needed to know this and and uh, to help somebody play. And so that just was the wisdom of Harvey, uh, knowing, you know, that a player doesn't need to know some things if that's where they want to go. And so you, he, he didn't clutter your mind with a lot of things. And so... <laughs> <laughs> but I got so tickled, I just thought, "Oh, okay. Well, and, uh, you know, learn. I'm learning another another skill, you know, and another way of uh, looking at the game. So that was great fun. And I found out I wasn't a well, great teacher either, so I uh, didn't stay long in that. <laughs> well, I think I think probably what what Harvey was trying to to say in in short was that sometimes too much information. Uh, isn't isn't always a good thing, and I think he he recognized that as he said, you know, as a player there were certain things that you needed to know, but as a teacher there were some different things that you needed to know, and he knew when and and where and which was appropriate yeah. at what time in, in your career. So that was some great advice. Um, so yeah. Any any yeah, final thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts or comments that you want to make before we uh, we let Kathy go? I just want to say thank you so much for giving back to this wonderful game and all, for all you've done for me and everyone else that's ever come in contact with you. You are awesome, well, my dear. <laughs> well, thank you, Cindy. I love you too. <laughs> and uh, uh, anyway, it's been great fun talking with you guys, and it's uh, you know it's always fun to look back. So I appreciate that, and and uh, hope everything's going well with uh, both of you. And I, and Cindy, I, I did watch the the LPGA Championship uh, Senior Championship. You played there. I did play there, and I broke eighty twice and felt like I just won the U.S. Open. <laughs> well, see, that's all right. Nothing wrong with that. It is all right. But that's a tough it golf course. Right. Oh, the conditions were pretty uh, pretty uh, bad. Yes, they but, were uh, really yucky, but it's a good challenge. And I thought about you every day, and I tried to be deliberate. So I thank you. <laughs> well, you're welcome. And uh, but anyway, all right. Well, thanks uh, well, for letting me talk. I uh, appreciate the opportunity, and nice to know that you're doing okay. Well, Kathy, thank you very much uh, on behalf of Cindy and I, and we again appreciate you coming on and sharing. Uh, your thoughts and some great stories with our audience and you're always welcome to come back. So thank you for being our first well, guest uh, on the show and thank you for coming yeah. to join us again today. And you have, yeah, and you have a great, uh, a great week and uh, we hope to have you, you come back and join us again real soon. Okay. That'll be great. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right. The legendary Kathy Whitworth uh, world golf hall of fame member uh, and the winner of 88 LPJ Tour tournaments. Uh, Cindy, what a great, uh, uh, in my opinion, ambassador of the game. Uh, wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. She's awesome. Just awesome. Yeah, always. Yeah, and, uh, you know, she's just got so much, uh, you know, a wealth of information and stories to share. And, and uh, you know, as she said, it's, it, and really both of our guests, uh, Susie as well, uh, really hit uh, the message, and that was about giving back, and that's something that really resonates uh, in the golf profession like no other, in my opinion, is uh, those that have gone on and enjoyed, uh, enjoyed successful careers uh, always want to find a way to give back to, to a game that, that has been very uh, good to them, and, and Kathy, as she mentioned, is obviously was very passionate and loved playing this great game, and that's why she decided to, to get out there and, and compete and, and just have fun with it, and uh, we're grateful that she did, and, and we're grateful that she has so many great memories and, and great stories to share with the next generations to follow. So uh, thank you to both of our guests this morning, Susie Whaley and Kathy Whitworth. Uh, please keep doing all the great work that both of you ladies are doing uh, to give back to this game. And I want to just very quickly, Cindy, before we cut off, I just want to thank all of the the folks out there that have reached out to me personally uh, with respect to my personal loss and also to the, the many 
um, families and, and those out there in the Panama City Beach area that, of course, uh, have really struggled these last uh, week or so with uh, the aftermath of the hurricane. And a special thank you to all of the first responders, uh, the police, the firefighters, and, and uh, all the different crews that have really rallied around to all the, the folks out here in Panama City Beach, Florida. We really appreciate it. They've been doing a fantastic job um, through a very difficult time for many. I'm, I'm very blessed and very fortunate that uh, I was out of the area and didn't experience any real personal hardships um, but thanks to all of those that are reaching out and, and helping out the community from all over uh, the United States and actually literally all over the world. So thank you for all of your great thoughts and, and that. And uh, we're glad that we were able to come back on air after a little bit of a break. And uh, we're going to have some great uh, and interesting guests uh, coming up uh, as we close out another season here on the Women of Golf. So uh, on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, God bless everybody. And we will see you next week right here on the Women of Golf. Thank you as always, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Have a great week. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.